And as I mentioned, we're talking about um, in visioning um, the church today. Um, and what last week is that vision? Remember, what are you going to go do? Read it, read it, because he spoke so much about it. There was such a lot of God nuggets in it, you couldn't possibly have got that all last week. So go back, read it, digest it, pray about it. Um, and the first thing that he, um, he mentioned to us was about reaching out and gathering in. And that's exactly what we demonstrated here, was about reaching out and gathering in the loss. That was the first one. But I'm going to talk today about the second one, which is um, to come to live in the fullness. Live in the fullness of God. Um, and I ask my to read the whole passage, but the verse that I'm really interested in concentrating on today is the final verse here, which will come up in the screen. Grace 
the good will of God towards you and me. The good work of God in us, in me. And it is good to you. Okay. It's good to you. It costs us nothing. But it costs Jesus. He died on that cross to take away our sins in order to unlock everything for us. Because you can come into the presence and live in the home of God because of sin and the things that we did wrong. But Jesus washes us clean so we can go into his presence. So watch children of God, with a house that is full of goodies. <coughs> I was wondering how, how best to sort of describe this, and I think it's a great story that Jesus tells, you know, the parable that we just acted out on, the last sheep. And, and, I, and I was praying, asking God to, to, to show me what. And um, I think Jesus was walking the earth now, he would tell the parable of the great supermarket. So I'm going to tell you now the parable of the great supermarket. Okay? And, um, uh, and the big question I've got for you is are you in that supermarket eating all that nourishment? Or are you only a very Peace, patience, kindness, goodness. 
people would look at and say, actually, I really like to be like Belinda. And therefore, I could learn, and then I could point them to God. You know? But tell you something, it's really hard work trying to do this really for yourself. <laughs> and also, you could to sin and to let me go from anybody to God. And God's really been convincing me of that one moment. Actually, what I've got to do is be like Paul and point to, point to God first. Point to God first about the fact that we have a God that loves us. A God that wants to give us all this hope and all this stuff that's in the supermarket. And that will bring the lost, the lost in. That will bring uh, the lost in. Um, the next one. So we, we need to do it from a position of the fact that no one does share any God's love with us. The fourth one that the uh, world put up is about holding the door open. We want to be in church that holds the door open so that anybody can come in. And when they come in, we want them to be in this place and be like that supermarket that I've just been describing to you. That is so full of of hope and joy and love and everything. You know that the people here just fall in love with God. But we need to have the door open. And I want to tell you about something we didn't have the door open. Okay. You all know the parable of the short one of the prodigal son. You, you remember that you know there was uh, uh, two sons, uh, and one was a really good son, worked really hard, stayed with his father, the other son uh, asked for his money, went off, spent it all, and then decided to come back. And he came back and said to his father, I'm really sorry, and the father was there, there waiting to rush to welcome him home. You remember that, that story, I'm sure. I want to talk to you about the older brother. About the older brother's reaction to his brother coming back and his father throwing a party because he was so happy. That his lost son is coming to the kingdom. So the older son said this. this. This is from Luke chapter 15. The older son, older brother, was so happy. No, he wasn't, was he? He came himself to the The older brother became angry and he refused to go in. And so his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you. I have never disobeyed your orders. You never gave me even a young goat to celebrate, uh, so I can celebrate with my friends. But when the son of yours, who has squandered all your property with prostitutes, came home, you killed the fatted calf for him. And this is the important bit. This is what the father said. My son, you are always with me. And everything I have is yours. Everything. Everything I have is yours. Everything in that supermarket is yours. Somehow that sounds like a river. God's really challenging me over the fact that everything is already mine. 
only part of him. When suddenly, oh, I'm going to visit a friend who is really upset about something. Oh, thank you to God. Pray for that friend. Go and get a bit of peace for that friend. And a bit of wisdom to know what to say. And so God in his graciousness gives me the peace and the wisdom that I've asked him to go and visit that friend. I only do it on, on occasions. On occasions, Father. God just wants us to be in that two-part. It's filled up all the time. We're going out with our little online band and we go out with the online band. It's all still there with you, isn't it? It's all good. I'm still there with you. Because that verse says, out of the fullness of his grace, and that we need to share God's love and our lives with people. All of God's people. And that's the invitation to her. You know, I don't always open, open the door for God. Or open the door for others. And so I'm a bit like what we did with the kids. You know? Oh, I think I should not have been lost. But actually, I'm not listening to the Holy Spirit all the time to find out where those lost people are. But we want to be a church that is like individuals only that are always wanting to open the door. And the final one, which I've mentioned in the passing, is we need to journey the way of the cross. And I have to take up the cross and follow Jesus. Now, when God was doing this presentation last week, God gave me a picture, a very common picture of those five rings. The five Olympic rings. And I deliberately put them up there, actually, without their, without their colours. But um, there are five steps for us as a church to go and be. We need to reach out and gather in. We need to be a church that lives in the fullness of God, the second way. We need to be a church that shares God's love and his life. We need to be a church and individuals that keep our doors open. We need to follow the way of Christ at the cross. And then, I deliberately did one with a, with, with a sun representing God and his glory behind it. So nice to be transformed. And our new motto as a church is transforming lives in Jesus' name. That's what us, that's what we as a church family have agreed to. This isn't something God came up with. This is something, remember back in September, that we all got together, we all said stuff, and the leadership, we got together, and these things got together, and it comes down to 